to do the um the oh that's right. that's right so i went to the grocery store and i bought a yeti and a hand basket Here, let and me then s- we're gonna say hello <laughs> welcome to alternative okay. interests so i went to the grocery store and i bought a big tub of cottage cheese so we're gonna start the show hello crystal how are you <laughs> hi cat how are you <laughs> I actually did buy a big tub of cottage cheese. I am inhaling cottage cheese at an ungodly rate at the moment. <laughs> that has like the most unpleasant visual in my head right now. Listen to what my meal has been every night this week. Oh. It has been diced watermelon, cottage cheese with everything but the bagel sprinkled on it. You know, I'm... I'm not against that because um so good. Watermelon with like feta and a little bit of salt is so like good. Heaven. Yes. And so this is just like a little bit more and yeah. but it's in the same re- I'm okay yeah. with it. Oh my gosh, so good. I have that every single it's I can't I I just want to dive into it and forget all my problems. Like I just want to lay in a vat of cottage cheese and a pillow of watermelon and just like sprinkle me with everything but the bagel and everything will be fine you are going to have uh gilberto Valle <laughs> coming after you i know he's gonna write a book about you i know i know oh it's my turn tonight it is and you know what i want to talk to you about what are you going to talk to me about hide and seek do you enjoy hide and seek, Crystal? Have you played hide and seek? You know, all of my siblings and I were so like vastly differing in ages that like we would play sometimes, but uh-huh. our house was small, so we really only had a couple of places to hide and it got old real fast. Yeah, I think at some point everyone has played hide and seek, but do you remember cuz I clearly remember the first time I realized the danger in hide and seek? Do you remember? No. You're like, no, this is just a you thing. I get it. Okay. Listen, you're probably not old enough. We all know why, because I'm older than you are. Um, And that would be a valid reason. However, Punky Brewster, have you ever seen Punky Brewster? I've heard it. Okay. It was just like a show in the 80s about this like wayward like orphan and she has like a rich uncle. I kind of forget the premise of it. But she's like spunky and cute and edgy and she lives in this like apartment complex like with her other friends and you know they get into trouble but they learn lessons and it's all about friendship and love and whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyways, there was one episode of Punky Brewster where they are playing hide and seek and Punky Brewster accidentally locks herself into like an empty freezer or like upright refrigerator in the apartment complex and it's like this this really like dramatic episode where like her her adopted or foster dad finds her and like you know they have this talk about the dangers of it and something could have happened to her i mean that was actually a legitimate thing in the united states for a while that kids were doing this and they were getting stuck and they were suffocating because they exactly stuck as a matter of fact, I have found several cases of this, and the reason I'm sharing this and I'm sharing these cases because the main case that I'm going to talk about today has something to do with hide-and-seek, but not in the way that you're thinking. But like you just pointed out, yeah, there's been a lot of cases where kids actually die from playing hide-and-seek, okay? And so I was just like, In this original case that I am going to do later, her name is Sarah Boone. You probably have heard of her. She's been in the news fairly recently. If not, don't worry. I'll eventually get to her and her story. But as I was researching this case, I came across other cases of people dying playing hide and seek. And one of the cases I found happened in 1992 when a four-year-old named Brandon Carter, he was playing hide and seek with his cousins in their Harlem apartment. Um, The dad noticed that 
Brandon had been missing for a little bit too long. And that's when they found him unconscious in a closet where he was kind of hiding. And he like had got gotten himself in like a corner. So the way he was positioned. Oh, positional asphyxia. Yes, exactly. And so he was taken to a hospital where he was pronounced dead later that evening. Oh. No charges were pressed. This was police determined. Just this a was horrible, accident. horrible, terrible ha- accident. Yes. In um, 2007, a two-year-old boy named Anthony Pena, and this one is super sad. He this was might, what? There was one specific one I was thinking of, and this, I couldn't remember. This might be it because the name sounds familiar. Yeah, this might be it. He was actually found dead in one of those plastic con- container storage bins you know like the the giant the, tupperware looking the things. bigger ones yeah where you put decorations or stuff the yeah. giant tupperware things he was playing hide and seek with his two other siblings who were four and six at the time in the family apartment um th- this was a game that the siblings played a lot and mom who was 24 at the time said that the last time she saw her two-year-old alive was around 9 p.m. when she had put all three children to bed. They had shared a room together mm-hmm. um, and she said it wasn't uncommon for one of them to wake up in the middle of the night and wake up the others and and they would like play in their room for a little bit and go back to bed. Uh, but this time they snuck out of their room and they were playing hide and seek in the apartment Mm -hmm. together. And I guess one of the older children put Anthony in the container and then they went back to sleep without letting him out. And so the mom woke up the next morning and found her son dead in the container. Now, again, in this case, no arrests were made. Parents had no prior criminal record. Police had never been called to the home. And the um, kids didn't know what they were oh, doing the when kids they left didn't, him in no, there. No, so. uh-uh. And the two surviving siblings actually were taken from their parents' custody, uh, like, right after this happened. But they were returned when Anthony's autopsy revealed. And the interviews with the children of exactly what happened when it mm-hmm. determined it was, again, just a terrible accident. Right? Um, that's that, not the one I was thinking of. It's not. Maybe there was one that I was thinking of. It, it's so foggy, but I remember specifically it was um, like a fridge or a freezer outside. Yeah. And like a child was found in it and they thought originally it was a hide and seek gone wrong, but it uh-huh. ended up being that someone had killed the boy and put him and there. And put him there, which, yeah, I believe. Well, see, and I think this and the the reason I'm kind of sharing these is because it's happened so much, right? right. Like these incidents of true accidents of hide and seek. There was um, another one. This time, this happened in India in December of 2018, and it was another two-year-old little boy, and he was playing hide-and-seek with his sister, who was five years old. Mom was actually resting inside of the home because she had been playing with the children earlier, and she fell, and so she like went inside just to lay down. And the two-year-old and the five-year-old were still playing, and... Uh, They were taking turns going up and down this kind of like terrace. And apparently there was a ground level water tank that wasn't fenced off or covered. And so what had happened was, is the two-year-old decided to hide in the water tank. Oh, no. But actually drowned, right? in the water tank and uh, dad was working at the time and so when he came home and was informed of what had happened and that Mm. his son was dead he went upstairs and he killed himself (gasps) oh no yeah and could you I can't imagine that mom and that daughter and just but can you I mean the amount of grief he oh. had to have been feeling to just go and do that. Yeah, I I can't and oh I don't want to. I don't even want to. Um, and then another one, and you wouldn't believe the amount of times this has happened in India. Like all the cases that I kept like researching and looking, like the majority of them happen in India. And I was talking to my friend Susanna uh, today about like, why, why do you think these always happen in India? And we were talking about, well, cause like there, 
they're all playing outside all the time, the kids, it seems, right? And the way it's set up, parents are out working, kids are kind of, the majority of them are kind of left on their own. I don't know. We were just talking about how it's a cultural thing. It's different over there. Kids are outside all the time and it's, it's not like they're on technology or, you know what I'm saying? They're, so they have to play games like this. I don't know. We were trying to kind of decide why this happens so much in India. You know what? Um, I'll have to ask one of my friends because she and I were actually just talking extensively about some of the differences because she was raised there. Um, some of the differences that she's comparing now that her children are getting older, like her experience at her age, uh, at that age compared to like her daughter's experience at the same age. One of the things we were talking about is something similar to this, like with school. She was asking me um, because she has no point of reference. She was like, uh-huh. okay, when you were in high school, what was normal for you? What's normal for an American teenager? Yeah. And talking about that. Versus like when she grew up, for example, she was asking, and this is so far off topic, but it's uh, kind of still within the realm of what we're talking about. So I'm going to keep going. Yeah, go Um, ahead. But we were talking about um, like teens in America get jobs at like 15 or 16 years old. That's just Uh like a normal thing. Yeah, It's almost abnormal at this point when a teenager does not have like an after school job. True. Yeah. She told me by like conversely. It, where she grew up in India, you did not get a job. Oh. Your job is school. School. And yeah. you study and you do school and that yeah. is what you do. Yeah. Because getting top grades and passing all of your exams is your life. Yeah. And so it's like you come home, you study, you do homework, you come out and you eat dinner and then you go back and you do more homework. Like mm-hmm. you do not have a life. Yeah. Yeah. So I would be really interested to hear what she said because we were really more focused on like the older gener like older children uh-huh. talking about this. So I might have to ask her like what is normal for the younger kids. Yeah, just that would be I'm interesting. Interested. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, and then there's another case in 2019 again in India where an eight year old girl was playing with her sister. Uh, who was five years old. They were playing with other neighborhood children. Um, The older sister had asked the younger sister, you know, like, where do you want to hide? And apparently there was this like wooden box that was kept outside of the house. I'm assuming this was some sort of like utility box. The box was small, but the two sisters managed to get inside and close the top over them. Unfortunately, the box like automatically locked and Mm. the girls tried to push from the inside side, but they couldn't escape. Now the father came home for a lunch break around noon. Both parents had basically worked outside of the home, which was typical. And the children, and I was kind of surprised by this, the eight-year-old and the five-year-old were always left alone and generally left alone from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m., which I think is very common for, you know, villages there in India where the the parents do go to work and the kids, like I said, are kind of self-sufficient, you know? But and it's also different because the, in some areas they don't have the same safety concerns. In yeah. some areas they absolutely do. Yeah. But like I vividly remember going to visit my cousins in Ulsan, Korea when I was like nine or ten years old and we ran throughout the entire city ourselves without any parents at nine uh-huh. or ten years old. Yeah. And this is me in a foreign country where I don't speak the language and my mm-hmm. parent, my mom felt perfectly safe with me being in the city. Yeah. 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 It's interesting when like the different – um just culturally and, you know, environment wise, what right. is allowed, what's not allowed, what is, you know, because we think about that same thing here uh-huh. that it's one thing if you have like mom at home and the kids are playing in the neighborhood, but having both sure. parents out of the house, people here would throw a fit. Yeah. So uh, they searched for the girls because the neighborhood kids were like, listen, we can't find them. Like they're either really good at hide and seek or something's wrong. So uh, they searched and searched and he checked around the house. And when he like was looking around the house, he saw the box and he just had a sinking feeling and he opened the box. Both girls were inside. They were both um, unconscious. 
still had a little faint pulse. Mm. Um, They were rushed to the hospital where the oldest, the eight-year-old, was pronounced brain dead. And um, the five-year-old was still being treated. But I have a feeling she was in a coma and unconscious. And then um, from what I can tell from reading the article is that I think she may had eventually passed away too. Man, that um, is so sad. Because, that, you know, in that case, it was probably like a heat stroke kind of thing. Well, and then the brain can't go that long without oxygen. So I'm sure it was a case if they were still alive, brain there was no brain activity anymore. And, uh, you know, I'm sure parents had to make some decisions. And like kids being kids. Oh, I know. That's what's so sad about it. And then again, in India, in 2000, in just in April, this past April, two sisters in India, 12 years old and seven, again, playing hide and seek. They were out scouting a good spot to hide from friends and they found an empty ice cream cart. Uh, they got inside. They locked themselves in. Um, and after 30 minutes, the other children were like, you know, we can't find them. Mm-hmm. And then they were found and they both had suffocated because the ice cream cart is insulated airtight. too and airtight. Yeah. So there was, I mean, at least in the wooden box, I'm sure they were getting some air and that's why they were still barely alive when they found them. But after 30 minutes in this one, the two girls had completely suffocated inside and uh, they were pronounced dead. And then just recently here in the United States on June 17th, just this year, an eight-year-old boy died when he was um, playing hide and seek at a relative's home. He was originally from Texas, but he was visiting with um, his grandparents in Coolidge, Georgia. Oh, and he was playing at, and playing with cousins. And um, they found him between the washing machine and the tumble dryer. Like he had wedged himself in there to hide between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they found him. They started CPR. They rushed him to the hospital, but he was pronounced dead. Oh. Yeah, so see, I'm I'm kind of glad that I've always been like a fat kid, so I couldn't fit anywhere. <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't wedge yourself into tight spaces. No. So the reason I was telling you those stories is because it is possible, right? It's possible yeah. to die as a complete and total accident from hide and seek. Which brings me to our feature case here, which Kendrick. is no, Sarah Boone. Okay. I was like, if you're covering this case, no, we are no, not no, no, prepared. No, 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 okay. no, no. I am not covering that case. This okay. is Sarah Boone. Okay. Now, I don't really have a lot on Sarah Boone's background, like where she grew up and blah, blah, blah. But honestly, it really doesn't matter in this case. Uh, this is all about, I think, choices that you make in life. And once you That's meet... That's a theme for you. That is a theme. And once you meet Sarah Boone, I mean, I Sarah, poor Sarah. Okay. So here's what we do know and here's what I can tell you. Sarah Boone, she is 42 years old. She's a resident of Orange County, Florida. Um, she had just gotten a divorce about a year and a half before this incident, but coincidentally, her husband lived down the road with their son, Lucas. Now, from what I could tell from all the interviews I saw and everything that was happening, I think they uh, had shared custody of Lucas, but I think Lucas spent the majority of the time with dad because I feel like Sarah had kind of a couple of, you know, demons that she was dealing with. Um, Now, she had been uh, divorced for about a year and a half. Uh, so she already had a boyfriend. Her boyfriend was named George Torres Jr. He was also 42 years old and they had been dating for about, I don't know, the better part of a year. Now, their relationship was not perfect. George also has his issues. Sarah has her issues. Uh, obviously, they've attracted each other probably because of those issues. And from what I can tell, this relationship was not perfect. I, I'm kind of getting the sense it was a little toxic, but nevertheless, Sarah and George, they're together. They live in a condo. So on Monday, February 24th, 2020, 
at 1 p.m., Sarah called 911, and on the 911 call, you can hear her just bluntly state, my boyfriend's dead. And this is 1 o'clock, like I said, on February 24th in the afternoon. Okay. When the off, when the 911 operator asks what happened, she says, I don't know, we were just playing games last night, and we were having fun, and now he's dead. So and in my head, as like the dispatcher, I'd be like, um, A plus B does not not equal C. C. Yeah. So the 911 operator is trying to get some more information. And um, and so she instructs Sarah to begin um, giving chest compressions on George. Right. Mm -hmm. Which she does. And she starts counting them out loud. But she tells them she doesn't think this is going to help her boyfriend because he's already purple and stiff. So the why does it take her so long to call? Oh, that's I want you to keep that little tidbit in your head. So when firefighters arrive, uh, they're the first to arrive, and then police arrive, and this is all um, taken from body cam. Like I watched the entire body cam of from the police arrival to everything. Uh, Okay, we'll link it with the case because. People need to see it for themselves. But anyways, um, firefighters have gotten got there first. They realize they have a dead person here. They found George. Um, well, they found his body uh, lying on the ground next to a blue suitcase on the floor. And he was pronounced dead. Now, the police get there, and the police are like, okay, Sarah, you got to tell us what happened. And so Sarah says, we were just having a great night last night. We had, like, one bottle of Chardonnay. I don't even think we finished the whole thing. There's still, like, a quarter left. We were just hanging out and painting and, like, doing doing puzzles and playing with the dog. And we were just having a good time and enjoying one another. And because... Doesn't that sounds like a complete rager, right? She, but, uh, but also, like, they're asking, okay, there is a dead body yeah, here. Yeah. What happened last yeah. night? We were having we were just, a puzzle. We were just, okay, yeah. I don't care about last yeah. night. Tell me what happened to lead you to uh, come upon the body, exactly. Like, and this is what she says about that. She's like, so, like, we were just playing, and then we decided, like, we're gonna like play some hide and seek. And so we played a game of hide and seek. And then we both thought it would be funny if George got inside the suitcase and then I zipped him up. And now in my head, I'm thinking, well, when you play hide and seek, did you you take some acid with the Chardonnay? Like you don't, you don't hide the person you're supposed to seek him out. But anyways, what do I know about hide and seek? Right. Anyway, she said they were both laughing. They thought it was funny. Um, she even tells the police he was totally able to escape because his two fingers were sticking out when I zipped him up. And so then she says, at this point, it's like 1230. So I just went upstairs and I thought he would come to bed, but he didn't. So I just went to sleep. And so I apparently she forgot about the whole seeking part of it, but whatever. So she said she went to sleep. When you... (laughs) We help our partners... I feel like they were doing a reverse hide and seek. Like, okay, I'm going to hide you. You come find me after I hide you. Like, I don't think they were explained the rules of hide and seek. Like a weird, perverted BDSM thing. Like, instead of tying him up, she was like, let's practice contortionism I don't know (laughs) I don't know so she goes on to say that she woke up the next morning and by the way they both do not have jobs uh George apparently lost a job like shortly before this incident she really was in and out of work I want to say she has a drinking problem, but that's going to become um, pretty obvious later. Um, And she said that when she woke up in the morning, she just stayed upstairs thinking that George just never either came to bed or was just downstairs job hunting on his laptop or something. So when she wakes like one brain cell 
oh. bouncing around the empty skull. Oh my gosh, when I tell you about her interrogation video, you're going to die. Oh, um okay. so she says that eventually around noon she comes downstairs because again she wakes up in the morning george isn't there oh he must be quietly job searching downstairs uh so she finally meanders downstairs Mm -hmm. surprise surprise she can't find george and that's when she realizes he's still in the suit case (laughs) so she claims i can't talk apparently she claimed in the initial police cam video that she takes him out as soon as she realizes he's in the suitcase. She takes him out and she starts CPR. And she even states that the air was coming out and he was gurgling. Then she obviously gets on the phone and dials who? 911. No, you are wrong. She dials her ex-husband. Uh-huh. Now, like I said, ex-husband lives down the street. They have a son together. Uh, they've been divorced for a year and a half. Now, on the police cam video, the husband, the ex-husband says, um, I had been calling her and calling her all morning because it was her day to get our son. And she's usually late because she's either been drinking. He like casually mentions that. That's why I say, I think this, this chick has a drinking problem. Right. So I had been calling her no response, no response. So her initial call to him was, I think because he had been calling her. So she calls him back and she's like, I, George is dead. And the ex-husband, probably knowing why he divorced her, goes, okay, then why are you calling me? Call 911. Uh-huh. So that's when she calls 911 because that is why it is now 1 p.m. And she is just calling 911. And, and that it's question- been, it's been over, at least- Over 12 hours since yeah. he's been in the suitcase. Uh- and this is a theme with the police. They're like, so again, why did you wait so long? Why? And I, I, to describe Sarah, it is almost like she is a teenager in a 42 year old's body because okay. she cannot take responsibility for anything. And even on the police cam video, when they're asking her, like, like, you know, what happened and what's going on? She's like, I don't know. I don't know. We were just playing. We were just playing. I'm thirsty. Can I, can I have my Dr. Pepper? Can someone bring me my Dr. Pepper? I'm just really, really thirsty. And if I don't get something to drink, I am just going to die of thirst. And the She literally are... sounds like she's cracked out. Oh, but she's not. She is this functioning adult. Like, are we sure she's not on the, like, I, that kind of mania? It's, and people it's like. who are on meth do that yeah but this is like i'm gonna be real honest right here when i first started taking ritalin for my narcolepsy yeah i was like that (laughs) i honestly think this is her personality and it is so obvious because even in the interrogation video like she drives me bonkers in the interrogation i just i can't like I need low-key people in my life. I cannot She's not low-key. She is not low-key, and she's not taking responsibility for anything. Obviously, the deputies are not buying it at all, Uh especially when they investigate the body a little closer, and they're noticing that he has some obvious other wounds, not suitcase-related, on him. So I would just like to know... What kind of CPE training course they took to learn how to identify suitcase related <laughs> injuries? Well, I'm talking about obviously just being suffocated. There is other injuries on his body that aren't just from suitcase related being zipped up in a suitcase, yeah. right? Like for long term. So, um, 
like I said, they're not buying it. Boone signed a waiver. Sarah signs a waiver and she gives them verbal consent. Yeah, search my smartphone. Here's my laptop. Search that. They take other evidence from the condo. They seal off the area. Sarah is not arrested, but they do ask her, we need you to come back the next day for an interview, which she's like, I totally, I will. And then apparently that night she stays at her ex-husband's house with their son. Now, Unfortunately, and probably not a surprise to anybody listening, this isn't the first kind of incident that Sarah and George have had that has resulted in violence of some sort. In 2018, Sarah was actually charged with battery by strangulation. Police were called to the condo. She told investigators that Torres had dragged her up the stairs and kicked her in the eye. Um, She said that was because he was super jealous because she was talking to a guy at a bar earlier that night. Torres, he comes back with a different story. He said that she was trying to strangle him and he was trying to kick her off of him, which resulted in him kicking her in the eye. Now, I'm sorry, Torres is George. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. I just want yeah. to make sure. Sorry. Yeah. I keep going back. Tor- it's George Torres Jr. Okay. So deputies at the time with that incident, they're not able to determine who the aggressor was. Um, they're both charged with battery and the case goes to court. They both have like classes they need to take. You know, George gets a parole officer, all this stuff. In 2019, Torres actually had three charges of battery against him. And the most recent arrest came in just this, the September prior to this incident, um, where Sarah had accused him of punching her in her left ear. Um, according to that affidavit, there was like a temporary protection order placed, um, against him at the time, but every single time George has been arrested or Sarah has gotten in trouble, they both bail each other out. Like they get a protection order, but then they, they always come back to each other. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was saying this kind of feels more like a toxic relationship to me now. Yeah. Extremely dysfunctional. Yes. 100%. Now, the neighbors often heard the couple fighting and witnessed the cops at their door at several occasions, on several occasions, not at several occasions, but whatever. We all know I can't talk. Uh, Most of the neighbors described Sarah as friendly and talkative, but that they knew she also had that other side where they would often hear Sarah specifically just yelling and, you know, being very agitated. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, Sarah leaves. She goes and she spends the night at her, at her ex-husband's house. The next day, um, the autopsy is done. And what the autopsy revealed is that George had sustained a busted lip. He had fingernail scratches all over his back and all over his neck. He had bruising to his skull, shoulder, and forehead. And they had determined that he had died due to, and you mentioned this before, positional asphyxia with environmental suffocation per prolonged confinement. Mm -hmm. So that was the cause of death. He also did have alcohol in his system, which checks out to Sarah's story that they were drinking alcohol, right? Right. So Sarah comes to the station the next day, like she said she would. She has some questions she's going to ask the police officers, too. And um, I watched the entire hour and a half long interrogation video. And let me tell you, it was exhausting because I was just like, I like my husband heard me yelling several times. What you you're so dumb. Like. Ah, like I just was getting so frustrated, but, um, she comes in and they immediately tell her about the autopsy, tell her about the injuries. And she's like, oh, well that lip thing, that's from him bumping into walls, which George is known for. She says like, okay. Uh, (laughs) Oh, and the other injuries, he fell off my son's bike. Um, they're like, what? Like, when did he fall off your son's bike? She's like, I don't know, like two years ago. They're like, these, these are pretty fresh injuries, Sarah. So, okay. And then they're like scratch marks. What about those scratch marks? And what do you think she's going to say about the scratch marks? 
I I don't know. That's from the teeth of the. Okay, <laughs> that was from sex. That was from sex. But the way she says it is, she's like, "Well, <gasps> that's just from you know us, you know." Like she is so up and down in this video. Oh my god! And then throughout the interrogation, this is why it was so exhausting. She acts confused as to how and why the police would think a night of fun painting and puzzles would get out of hand. She says that several times. She's like, we were having a good time. We were painting and doing puzzles. Like, why would you think something would go wrong? And she keeps telling them. Something obviously (laughs) went wrong. It's not that we think something went wrong. It's that we are sitting, we're not sitting in a police station just for like shits and giggles here. No. We did not invite you here because we enjoy your presence. We are here because something went wrong. Something went wrong. And she kept saying, we had a good day day we had a good day it's been good i don't know where this is coming from she's acting like this is completely left field them oh, asking like her about the injuries yeah her or something yeah she even says you know things were were going so well things have been going so good this was the best night we had in a while she's like the last time we had a physical altercation um was like last week when i hit him with the curtain rod She's like, and then she says, and then she says, that's why I can't believe you didn't take that either. Like, like Sarah, I mean, I know, I know that we're laughing, but like domestic violence is never funny. No, it's never funny. But, but the presentation here, Sarah is giving us some good material. I'm telling you guys, you need to watch the interrogation video. If you want to like, uh, it's, it's, it's very Sarah's trying. That's what I will say. Sarah is trying really hard to deflect, to not take responsibility. And a common theme here is she is trying to look like the victim. So Okay. And so, you know, when you were listing off all of his injuries and you started with like the busted lip, I'd be like, okay, uh-huh. I could see that happening. Well, like if they were drinking, having fun, he's got himself in a weird position. I could see that happening. Mm-hmm. Just it might happen. Yeah. But like when you go into like the bruised skull and all of that, like, well, yeah, I fell off my son's bike two years ago. Yeah. I don't know what you. <laughs> well, think. remember, they've only been together a year. So also there's that. Uh, but she also says I, that, that he's been seeing his probation officer and taking classes and and that's been going really good and even the probation officer like his probation officer came and hugged me because she said that I've been helping him and I've been doing so good with him and then in the same breath I kid you not she says and then what do you expect me to do I had to flee he comes after me when he gets belligerently drunk I don't know what to do I I have to protect myself And again, this is like one thread of like thought coming out of her mouth. Okay. She then tells him. I'd be sitting there like, ma'am. Yeah. We did not ask you any of (laughs) this. No, the two officers, the woman and the guy that are in there, you can see the guy. He's just like, he's done. And the woman officer is just like nodding her head, listening to her because they know something that she doesn't. And I'm going to be getting to that in a second. So she even says, he's done this ABC to me. I've documented everything. If you looked on my phone, you can see it all there. Then she starts crying. Okay. Like she's been really just like even keel at this point. And then she starts crying and she says, he like, he's given me a bloody nose. He's broke my fingers. He's hurt the back of my leg. The officers ask why she's still with him or why she was still with him. And then she's like, cause he's come a really long way. And I really helped him by bailing him out of jail three times. And I've helped with his public defenders because I, I have hope in him. I still do. Like this is a whole like acting 101. Um, she's like, no, but then it's he starts, not. This is... She's, this is, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, he starts drinking and then things get bad because he doesn't want to drink. Well, well he does. And, and he does a lot. I don't drink. Well, maybe only on the weekends. Like I try not to drink. I only try to drink on the weekends because, you know, I have things to do during the week. Like I have to like do stuff and pick up my son. So like, I have to have my wits about me. And she constantly is repeating how she has to have her wits about her. And that's why she doesn't get drunk. That's why she doesn't like, 
uh, to drink. So basically during this whole interrogation or for the majority of it, Sarah is trying her best, trying desperately to look like the victim. Okay. But at the same time, like, yes, she's acting manic and she's something. I wouldn't I'll just even leave call it, it manic. I'm telling you, this isn't manic. She is up and down, but this is very much, I think, her personality. And I feel like she really thinks she can talk her way out of this. But uh, also, I mean, the point that I'm getting at is that like, she's, yeah, she's, she's something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about that. But she's also in a domestic violence relationship. 100%. And so she probably actually believes some of the things that she's saying, that he's come such a long way. Mm-hmm. She might actually believe that when they say, well, why are you still with him? She'd say she could probably believe that yeah. because that's how those relationships work. And 100% this was a toxic relationship where they both enabled each other and there was obviously domestic violence that they both unleashed on each other yeah two people that had should not yeah Yeah, they had no no business being together no business being together okay so she then starts saying that um you know he had a really hard time his ex-wife was always on him he lost his job and that kind of put him over the edge because he loved that job and so that's why then she brings it back to that night that's why she thought like puzzles and a paint night would be a good distraction for him um and then she says they're like well then like you said that he gets belligerently drunk so why would you then like why would you guys start drinking wine and she's like well no i can't get drunk i i don't like to get drunk i can't get drunk i can have like two or three glasses of wine and i'm not drunk and i wasn't even drunk that night i mean this video crystal is uh, she contradicts herself so much so she then starts talking about their relationship and how he just when he gets in a certain mood he unburdens himself and he talks to her and i guess that night was one of those nights she's like the weather was beautiful it was such a good day she keeps repeating stuff like that no one knows george better than i did i helped him i took care of him um she's like even now i'm still gonna help him but he's dead right the police the two detectives at this point they've had enough right they're like Okay. Yeah, they're not you. getting anywhere. Uh, yeah, her. they're like, thank you for this wonderful show. We we have something we would like to show you. So they're like, hey, we're going to show you a couple of videos that we have questions about that were on your phone. So uh, they bring in the laptop, and they are very. They're two very very damning videos, and both of them, like in the video, the frame, you just see. The carpet is actually really dirty, which I shouldn't judge, but I always judge dirty carpet. Um, the the blue suitcase on the floor and okay. the first video is just of the suitcase and you see it on the floor. And after about 30 seconds, you can see someone inside the suitcase trying to push it up, which is George. Uh-huh. And then you hear George's voice pleading with Sarah to let him go and in some parts of the video he's crying saying he can't breathe inside the suitcase i don't know why that like that just sounds awful it's a grown-ass man yeah crying yeah and he and like, begging oh that's horrible he's like sarah sarah and in one instance she says that's my name don't wear it out also, I would like to point out in the video, her voice sounds very slurred too. So you can tell she has been drinking a lot. And she did, in fact, like Get she was she was inebriated, right? Um Again, he's trying to push up the suitcase. He's trying to get out. She's videoing. She can be heard taunting him. Um, Several times in one of the recordings, George is heard clearly saying, I can't fucking breathe. Seriously. He says that several times. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. She replies on video, that's on you. That's what you do when you choke me. 
yeah, that's what it feels like when you cheat on me. And that he should probably shut the fuck up. So is she going to try and do some kind of like battered woman's angle here? No, she does a different angle, which I will tell you what that is in a second. Okay. He keeps calling her name. Like keeps calling her, Sarah, please, please. He is pleading. And so- she she can be heard laughing. While he, like, starts even screaming in, like, terror. Okay, so as the police are showing her this, what's her reaction? So as she's watching this video, she pushes it away halfway through. She's like, I don't want to see that. I, I can't. Why? Because you see watched that. it once already? No. Like, she even eventually says... Um, so really quick, in another one of the videos, it shows, so that was one video where you hear all of this. Mm-hmm. In the second video, which is shorter than the first, I think the first video is only like a minute and a half long, and the second video is like 50 seconds long, she has flipped the suitcase over. Oh. Like, so, and the, and when once she flips the suitcase over in the second video, you don't see her flip it over, but you can tell that the suitcase is it's, in a different position. Flipped, yeah than it is in the other um the suitcase is zipped up all the way she keeps talking about these whole this hole she left that he could fit two fingers through there was no hole like it was zipped all the way up and the police are, are keep telling her that like she's like it's halfway zipped they're like look it's here's a clear picture of it it is zipped up all the way and then she starts saying, well, sometimes I have this one sweat, this one hoodie that the zipper broke. And sometimes I don't have a paper clip to zip it down. So I just put my fingers on the inside of my hoodie and zip it down. He could have gotten out. It, it's, what? You're Sarah? comparing a suitcase to, to a, a, hoodie. a hoodie. And you're not being suffocated, that you're not being suffocated. Right. In. And you're not jammed into this hoodie unable to move yeah you're not flipped over so that you cannot access anything even if you wanted to yeah you're not literally blind because you can't see because you're shoved in a fucking suitcase yeah yeah so like i said she pushes the laptop away she says i can't bear to look at that um then she says and this becomes repeated over and over that they're not understanding that this is this was not her intention. She keeps saying that it wasn't my intention. My intention was not to leave him there. Several times she repeats that. My intention was not to leave him there. My intention was not to leave him there. Um, and okay, now she did. Yeah, now she starts getting agitated. So now she's starting to get mad at the police, and she's turning around on them like it's their fault that she's mad. And they ask her, how long do you think he was in there for? Uh, I can't remember. Now, the timestamp on that video is 11.40 p.m. And reminder, she did not check on him again until the next afternoon. Uh Uh-huh. And then she says, my plan wasn't to go upstairs and go to sleep. They're like, what was your plan then? She's like, to go upstairs and wait for him. And then the other officer is like, well, when you went upstairs to wait for him and he didn't come upstairs, why did you not go back down and check on him? Right. And then and then she she acts like the police officer is stupid. And she's like, I told you I fell asleep. And they're like, you went upstairs to wait for him. He didn't come upstairs. So you fall asleep instead of go checking it on him. And then she says. She completely changes her story and she says, I was drinking. I was drunk. They're like, you just told us you can't get drunk. And then she's like, oh, I was mistaken. You didn't understand. Yeah. She's like, but I don't remember recording it. They're like, you don't remember recording the videos? And she's like, I don't, but I do know how bad they look. Uh. Uh, you know uh, how bad they look because we are sitting here showing them to like yeah they look bad because they are bad yeah 
So she starts then repeating, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't come down and check on him. I fell asleep. I was drunk. It was the Chardonnay. Then she starts arguing that he could have gotten out because she left a hole. Um, And we already talked about why she thought that. Um, The rest of the video is basically her repeating herself, getting really mad, telling the officers to stop assuming. She's like, I really wish you guys would stop assuming. (laughs) They're like, we're not assuming anything. (laughs) Like, these are the facts. We're making informed comments here. Yeah. Now, once they told her that his his back had been scratched up, they asked her if they could swab her nails again. And she was like, yeah, totally. So she keeps asking, so what what's the next steps in here? I have to get my ducks in a row. What are the next steps? They're like, well, we're going to swab your nails. Do you still agree that we can swab your nails again? She's like, sure. They swab her nails. Um, and then after she gets swabbed, they're like, so Sarah, you're not leaving. Uh, you're not going to leave today. We're we're going to arrest you. And she's like, why? (laughs) She's like, why? Uh, They're like, because George is dead. And she says, I told you it was not intentional. Like they're going to be like, Oh, 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 sorry. Sorry. I I think that maybe she like really vastly misunderstands yeah, a she law does. somewhere. That... Well, she actually doesn't because you know what she says next? Oh, she's what? like, so if I didn't show up, and she's like looking at the officer like, like, so had I not shown up today, I probably wouldn't get arrested because I could probably flee. Like this girl is like, oh, and then she keeps saying things like, um, so are you taking my cigarettes? And they're like, yeah, you can't have those in the jail. I just got those. <laughs> it's a new pack. They're brand new. And then there's one part of the video. I'm telling you, if you want entertainment, watch the video. Uh, she's sitting there. She's arrested. He tells her to sit down. He's standing and she's sitting and she's looking up at him. She's like, so really? Like, like you're really arresting me? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, why? Like, and he's like, because George is dead. And again, she's like, oh, you all tricked me down here. No like, one tricked you. They're like, they're like, Sarah, no one tricked you. No one tricked you. And she's like, what made you guys decide to do this? What made, D- what made you that? decide to do? Like, and this then is she our just, job. This is just normal yeah. for us. And then she just keeps going. This, it wasn't intentional. It wasn't intentional. And that she needs to have them call Brian, her ex-husband, because Lucas, their son, needs to know that she's not coming home. And then she starts going on and on about how she's been to jail before and she's had a huge panic attack. So she wants to make sure that someone's going to put her in the large bay. She doesn't want to go in a holding cell because she had a panic attack. She's making a reasonable Oh, my gosh. It's just complaint after complaint. Oh, my God. So, no surprise, she's held in the Orange County Jail, right? Uh And she's charged with second-degree murder. Now, her trial was originally set for May 2020, this year, but it has since been delayed. 2020 or 22? Oh, sorry, 22. It has since been delayed till November 7th, 2022. And would you like to know why? Yes. Okay, no surprise, Sarah is a difficult client for any lawyer she has had at this point. <laughs> I I can't imagine anything less. She even writes a letter to one of the judges or to a judge asking the judge just, hey, listen, my lawyer, I really don't like them. Can you just throw out my case, please? Like that was the gist of the letter. Like this has been a huge mistake from the beginning. I just, I, I don't, I don't want to waste anyone's time. Can you just throw my case out? (laughs) If you don't want to waste anyone's time, how about this? How about you plead guilty? Yeah. So she's living in her own world. Uh, the case is still going to go to trial. Uh, this is not going to happen until November. I have a sneaking suspicion. She will be found guilty of second degree murder. Uh, there's no way after watching this interrogation, after watching, uh, the videos, which you can find the videos of the suitcase, even watching the body cam video of when they first um, come to the the scene of the crime. It's just 
it's just all nuts. But obviously this was not a case of accidental suffocation playing hide and seek. Uh, this was this was very much intentional, no matter how much Sarah <laughs> tries to say it was not. Uh, but that is the case or the pending case of Sarah Boone. Um, and if we have an update, I don't know if I'll bring it to you, but uh, if we have an update, because I can't, I can't. I'm going to play some hide and seek of my own. Um, but yeah, there you go. There's Sarah. Sarah Boone. I don't know what to do with yourself. No. Do you want to go play hide and seek? No. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, maybe. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I live alone. So, um, <laughs> no one's going to find you. I'll, I'll happily keep it that way. Um, yeah, that's, that's a story. That is a story. That is a story for you. Um, thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I really don't know what to do with that. I wouldn't think you would. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like. But you are welcome. Ba -da -da -da. I'm going to have to watch some of this video oh, because you need just, to you need to the description of her i cannot imagine anyone acting like this and not being on something i think she was a functioning alcoholic well maybe not functioning that well but she was something i mean that's that's literally all we can say at this point is she was something she that's was all I've got. something yep do you want to tell everyone your news? You're not going <laughs> to no. make me tell them. I'm sad. I don't. <laughs> don't make me. You do it. Why do I have to do it? It's your news. I'm just playing hide and seek. You are. And you won't find me for a little while. <laughs> I think we will. Because I think if I think if we stay on a biweekly schedule, like. I don't. I don't even know. I don't even know. me. Bi-weekly is hard. I mean, maybe if you just did the cases. That's, that's and what I'm I saying took... is if we stay okay. on it you know what? to give you I, a break. I can try that. Yes. Because this is just spending time with me. Yeah. Because I'm bad I just... at correspondence. I don't keep up with my friends. No. And they need to be. I need some fucking good cases. I want some. <laughs> maybe. Oh. <gasps> Maybe you could be like, this is a case Giselle would do. And I'd love it. There are actually a few yeah. that people have sent. And um, so I guess since we're sharing this, that like, yeah, like adjusting. Oh, I just said my name again, didn't I? Yeah. I uh, know. People know. I've, people do. You guys I, all know. Some Whatever. people know and they like comment. <laughs> but, so I I don't have the conversation in front of me right now, but someone, yeah. I don't know what happened. Um, I think the fact that we went from a weekly schedule to a bi-weekly schedule mm -hmm. um, and we actually have gotten a few episodes in with this new thing. Yeah. I think people are noticing. Obviously. Oh. Um, and I got so many messages this week. Really? So many. About what? People like encouraging us. Oh, that's nice. Like people, like one of the messages I got, literally this person said, I know that both of you are so busy. Please don't like, and so you don't have to respond to me, but I wanted to tell you oh, this. And I was like, oh, that's really nice. Never yeah. too busy to respond. It is so, uh, like Crystal and I have told you guys before, we both have like very busy lives outside of this i mean i would love to do this and only this uh but i i can't support my life on this <laughs> i can't we can't we get nothing from this except no we get negative from this because we yeah. actually have to pay for things yeah exactly this going exactly so like i it's it's really nice that like it that's is. the only thing i can think of is that because we've gone bi-weekly and like we didn't release an episode this week. Yeah. And so I got over the weekend, I got four messages, like four different people sent us messages that Aww. were basically like, hey, I enjoy your podcast. I've been listening. You guys are great. And then like gave suggestions for us. Oh, that's and really so, nice. 
Um, and sometimes what I really love is that most people, when they send suggestions in, they'll actually say, I think this would be good for cat because it's got, oh. uh, it's got like the, the intensity that she likes, or they'll be like, I think this is good for crystal because it, um, it has like this aspect. So like, I really like the, like, I feel like people have gotten to know us. Yeah. Even though, like, we, we've done no, our best that's to like. We try and separate like personal from this to an extent. I mean, I know that like people are probably aware enough of yeah. us and like our personalities and probably some like people know that you're a mother and have kids. And a yeah. Husband and, yeah. Um, and a they know job. that I'm a, a lonely island over here that <laughs> I'm going to die alone as a spinster. Um like I just, it's it's comforting. Like we have yeah. a little community that's here to support us. And I like that. And, and I and I don't want to lose that. And and it's not that I don't enjoy this. It's just that my time is stretched so thin. And mm-hmm. like everybody knows, I'm going back to school to get my second master's degree. And I just uh, it's it, and I work and I'm a mother and it is a lot for me. Yeah. So researching for me has to go on the back burner not just that you're a mother but you're also co-parenting one of your kids yes which adds a whole nother layer of complexity Mm -hmm. it's like that's custody exchanges and all of that which Mm -hmm. adds a lot to your schedule yes and like I'm over here that like I work full-time and I go to school full-time and like my social life has really taken a hit uh, yeah. because of how much work I'm doing. And honestly, my, like my physical health has taken a hit too because yeah. between work, I mean, like I'm a, I'm a bean counter. I sit in front of a computer for work all day mm-hmm. and then I spend hours on my computer doing homework. And then this is also very computer focused. Like mm-hmm. I'm getting to a place where um, I, I may actually need surgery on one of oh. my ankles. Oh no. Because it is not healing properly because I I haven't been able to relab it properly. Oh um, gosh. And like I I have issues with like my back. Like I'm I'm literally laying down right now because yeah. my back hurts so damn bad <laughs> with the position I was in. Um and so like I would love to do this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um but we gotta make it work for us. Yeah. And so um, I know we dialed back once. We won't dial back again, but it just might be a little different. So. Yeah. If someone wants to research cases for me and write, them, we can turn into the other podcasts. I know where they have all their own research. I teams know, and, and yeah. they yeah, but then they're just reading off a script at that point. So I know, so and what makes bleh. it fun is like when you research, you pay attention to like yeah. certain details, yeah. and then I get to ask you questions you can't answer. Yeah, that's true. Like that I know true. people love hearing that. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh man! So yeah, I mean, like, thank you to all of the people who sent messages this week. Like, yeah. When I got the first couple, I was like, oh, that's cute. And then I got like a couple more and I was like, holy hell, what is yeah. going on? People are just that's like, pretty cool. Yeah. We have yeah. good humans that are here supporting we us. And we appreciate we do. them. Yes. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So there's that. Yeah. And you know, next week's my turn anyway. Yeah. There you go. Is it next week or the week after next? It is. Next episode is mine. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Please don't expect things from me. I'm juggling a lot of shit. I just uh, moved I everybody and like that's why I, I don't even have toilet paper in all of my bathrooms yet. I am so disorganized. <laughs> but also I gotta admit it feels really good to say bathrooms plural. Yeah. <laughs> I bet. I have a bathtub for the first time in six years. That is nice. But beyond that, I have two. Wow. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with myself? I'm moving on up. Oh, I think man. I used that song last time. You've used Dude, it a few times. Anyway. Anyway. People okay. have heard enough about like yes, the shambles both of our lives are. Yeah. But we appreciate everybody. And we will um, try to continue to bring, yeah. bring more. So. Yeah. I will Anywho. say one, um, one of the messages... Uh, was from a listener in Australia, and they said that specifically they like you, Cat. Oh, from a, oh, I love Australia. How did I knew like? 
I debated with myself. I was like, oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> Australia's my favorite. <laughs> and I don't know what you're doing, but it is not an Aussie accent. And Great Britain, too. That's kind of like Irish. I don't know. Forgive me, everybody with an accent. <laughs> I can't. I can't help myself. Oh, my God. Take a deep breath with us for a minute and um, wish us luck as we... Yes traverse the hellscape that is adulthood (laughs) and Uh, if you want to be a research assistant for yeah let us know because (laughs) just because you like us yeah and if you're willing to put in uh the same level of like research effort we do because do it i'm a taskmaster you gotta meet my standards do it Honestly, yeah, email us if you want to yeah, do that kind that of stuff. Yeah, that would be awesome. I I would love to have like people helping us, but yeah. please understand that this is volunteer basis only. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have any income coming in at all. No. Nope. I can send you an autograph picture of like my Costco receipts if you want. I don't know. But I love Costco. That's lit. Maybe we need to set you up in OnlyFans where you sell Costco receipts. Costco receipts. I do have a bitch and bunion I can start taking pictures of. Sell feet pics. Sell. <laughs> so if you want to buy feet pics from either there one of go. us, or if you I will. If you're going to research, I will take the shit out of my bunion pictures for you so yep. so enjoy. email us at alternativeinterestpodcast yeah. <laughs> at gmail.com <laughs> and we'll see you in two weeks <laughs> bye-bye bye <laughs>